All right, guys, and we are back with episode number nine of Master of None, the podcast. Today, I got a special guest. He is a fellow Longhorn UT student. Uh, he is a rising social media YouTube fitness icon. Patrick, how about you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself? Hey, guys. Thanks for the introduction, Felix. My name is Patrick Lyons. I'm a fourth-year mechanical engineering student at UT Austin, but more than anything in the engineering sphere, I'm passionate about fitness. That has permeated into pretty much all aspects of my life with a fitness and fitness entertainment focused YouTube channel, as well as just sharing my story in all aspects on both Instagram, Facebook, and anything else I can as to how I incorporate fitness and nutrition in a healthy, balanced way into my college lifestyle. Dope, man. Dope. So the reason I had Patrick on is because I actually saw him for the first time on Instagram, I believe, when I uh, on that Explore page. You end up seeing a lot of people whenever you do that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he was on the Explore page because I go to I go to he's in Austin. He's a UT student. Uh, he's in the fitness, so kind of we have the same uh, you know profile on the on that aspect. So I saw him on there. Saw he was a fellow UT student when I saw his page, and I thought it'd be really cool to have him on. Um, now, when I do, whenever I search like for uh, for guests, you know, I try to do some research on them so I kind of know, kind of about uh, what they're about. Yeah. But I also try not to go too in depth. So I kind of I like how like having a real reaction whenever I hear about yeah. stuff like that. So I really don't know like your fitness story. I guess uh, you could, you know, what you, what made you start, kind of kind of why you got into it and then we'll go into kind of the social media aspects of it and how, how you got into that. So, so what made yeah. you start like fitness in general? Like how old were you? Was it, you know, what, what kind of went on on when you started that? Yeah. So I really do like talking about my story because I feel like at least some aspect of my story, almost anyone can relate to, especially after going through, you know, 20 plus years of life. But my story actually started when I was 10 years old, which is younger than a lot of people start. And I don't mean that I started like playing sports when I was 10. What I mean is that that was when I first looked in the mirror and kind of thought to myself, man, I don't really like the way I look. And I know that's kind of like raw, you know, to hear a 10 year old being uncomfortable with their own body, but that's just where I was at. It was that kind of thing where it's like, you see all these like fitness models, even at that young of an age, and you can't help but compare yourself to them. And so I just was like, man, I don't like being skinny. So I started doing everything I could at least that I thought that I could, you know, at the age of 10. <laughs> Whenever you start, it's always wrong. Right. You just like, wrong. if you're, especially, I mean, you're 10 years old, you don't know anything yeah. in the world and you're trying to get fit. But that is what I was doing. I basically was doing like a bunch of push ups and sit ups. I, uh, I basically created my own <laughs> program at the age of 10, but it wasn't really anything more than like start with 20 push ups and like 50 sit ups. And each day after that, I would add like five sit ups and one push up, yeah. something like that. So I did that for like a couple years. I started experimenting with like free weights that were like five pounds and that's, you know, that's all I had as a 10 year old. Um, And so I did that for a while and I looked at different things online trying to figure out what a 10 year old could do, but I didn't know that like a 10 year old really just can't do a whole lot for themselves. I came across a guy named Ken Weikert, who's an army master fitness trainer. Dude literally makes an extra t-shirt look tight. Like it's just (laughs) insane how big this dude is. And he's the first person who like taught me, not in person, it was videos online, yeah. just like a bunch of push-up varieties. So I started getting more accustomed to different types of body weight techniques. And so that was like my foundation, but literally didn't do anything for me except make me able to do more push-ups and sit-ups. You know, yeah. I didn't get bigger. I didn't really get more confident in myself. I was just like trying to hit a goal that was seemingly unachievable. 
been at the age of 15. I'm now in high school at this point. I've gotten a lot of different interests and goals in my life, but one of them was not really fitness related at the time. None of them were is what I'm saying. Like I, that wasn't like I was trying to be strong, trying to be fit still, but I didn't know how. Then I go to a summer PE camp and this PE camp was like literally just for the purpose of getting a PE credit because I wasn't in sports. <laughs> I wasn't in anything that was going to get me my mandatory PE credit. Yeah. And on like literally the second day of this summer PE camp, the coach of you know the class puts on P90X and like for a room full of really unfit people, Jeez. that's not the right yeah. move. But it somehow clicked with me in a way that nothing else had. And what I mean is that the fact that I couldn't make it through even like five minutes of one of these workouts yeah. was like the most motivating thing that had ever happened to me because I was like, I want to get to the point where my body can do that, that yeah. I can get through that workout and be fine. Mm -hmm. So I got the program P90X illegally because <laughs> like that was the only way to do it back then. How else do you get shit? Yeah. Um, so I got it illegally uh, and I did the program all the way through and I got in the best shape of my life in 90 days. Like. I legitimately had a six pack at the age of 15. Like I was like a strong dude. I'm not saying I was huge, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I was lean. I was yeah. real, real lean. I was stronger than I'd ever been before. Um, but that was all with still without knowing anything about nutrition. So like the reason I'm saying I wasn't big is because like I genuinely wasn't like I didn't, I wasn't eating enough to get big. Yeah. I was staying the exact same weight, but I was finally like on the right track and then for the next, I'd say, two to three years, so you know, like pretty much the rest of high school, the problem that I was having is that uh, P90X and a lot of other things in my life were very goal-oriented. I operated that way. It was like if I had something in the future that I could specifically work to achieve, that's, eight, yeah. Yeah, that is what made me push for it because I was like it's in the future in an exact moment in time. I can hit that. But each time I would finish a program, the goal was done. There wasn't anything left. At least, you know, I didn't operate in a way that I thought there was anything left. So I finished P90X. I stopped working out for a year. Year goes by. P90X2 comes out. So I get the program. Finish it all the way through. Now new goal is done. Yeah. Stop for a year. P90X3 comes out. I'm a senior in high school. Uh, it's like November, December, and that was when like college apps were happening. That was when like final exams were happening. It's like the busiest time of my life, and I was trying to throw in a workout. But there was no reason why I should have had an excuse because P90X3, if you're not familiar, is only 30 minutes long. That's yeah. like each day, you're only doing 30 minutes. So I was like, I can do this, but I still quit. Yeah. I felt so busy and like overwhelmed with everything that I stopped working out. Then three months go by and it's March of my senior year. And I think I had, I still hadn't decided on a college yet, okay. but I was like way less busy. Where are you from? Are oh, you I'm from, from Dallas. Okay, Dallas, okay. Texas. Okay. Yeah, like in the suburbs, 30 minutes north of downtown. Yeah. Yeah. So um, March of my senior year of, of high school, I started P90X3 for the second time, and I finished it all the way through on the morning of my graduation. Oh, dope. Yeah. And what was really cool about that was I actually graduated valedictorian. And so, Holy shit. How many were in your class? Uh, 484. Holy shit, I did not know that. Yeah, dude. That's crazy. Yeah, so I graduated valedictorian amidst all of that. Wow. And that was, you know, part of the reason why I kept, like, starting and stopping. It was like, I was so focused on school. I'm gonna Oh, turn you're good. Off. Don't even worry about that. Real life happens. Whatever. Real life happens. I'm gonna <laughs> respond with, sorry, I can't talk right now. Auto message. <laughs> okay, um, 
but yeah, so I finished on the morning of my high school graduation. What was really cool about that was I knew that was going to happen. So in my speech, I got to say, um, this morning I woke up and I finished P90X and I'm in the best shape of my life. Yeah. So that was like a really cool milestone for me, two in one day. And then that was the first time where I didn't stop working out once I'd hit the goal. Because cool. now I was thinking more in like a long-term mindset of like, all right, I'm transitioning into a new phase of my life. I'm going to college. I want to be living healthy and I want to be confident in myself. So the entire summer leading up to college, I kept working out like five days a week. And so I was finally like starting to make this into a lifestyle. Then college hits and I, I realized like I'm going to be in a dorm room. I don't really have the same equipment that I had at home to be able to do like a home workout program. So I'm going to go work out at the gym. Now it was a new problem because I'd really never worked out in a gym before. Everything in P90X is like, you can do it at home. And we had weights at my house, so that's what I did. So then I go to the gym for the first time and I just like was completely lost. Like I didn't know what machines were for. I didn't know wow, how to know. transition into that. Yeah. And so I just kind of... It's all calisthenics, what you've been doing. Really yeah. You got, I mean, it was calisthenics and just like a lot of like high rep weight yeah, stuff, yeah. you know. Um, <clears throat> but I kept up with that, just going to the gym, doing what I thought might be right for like a month, month and a half or so. And then... Kind of like what happened my senior year of high school happened again. I just felt too busy. busy. I'm in college now. It's like a whole new ball game. Everything's so much harder. And so I quit working out completely. And I stopped for over six months. And that was really tough mentally and physically. Because yeah. it was like I went from being the most active I'd really ever been in my life to and eating as healthy as I could, as um, nutrition-focused as possible. And then it just kind of all went away for a really long time, you know, yeah. six months. Um, but then, um, I saw a posting from a guy who had been one of my like fitness mentors over that time period named Wayne Wyatt and Wayne Wyatt is a beach body coach okay. and he was starting a challenge group on Facebook and that challenge group was basically just like a collection of people who are all, uh, doing it for a certain number of days. So, you know, it gives you another end goal point, just like keeping each other accountable and you're working toward an end, an end goal together. But what was really unique about this and what fit my personality really well about it was that it was a perfection crew. And what that meant was during the course of these 90 days, you couldn't skip a single workout and you couldn't skip tracking your calories within 100 calories plus or minus every single day. Damn. If you skipped even once, you're out of the group. Yeah. And so I saw this as a new, like a whole new level of motivation. And so I got a... Um, uh, I got the weightlifting program from Beachbody. So Beachbody is who makes P90X, one, two, and three, all okay, those. Cool. And they also came out with a weightlifting program called Body Beast. And so March 2nd of 2015, the spring semester of my freshman year of college is when I started Body Beast. I did it perfectly all the way through. I gained like 14 pounds in 90 days, Shit. mostly muscle. Yeah. And it was just like I was now not only in the best shape of my life again, but I was like bigger and stronger than I'd ever been. Yeah. And I knew how to use weights in a gym now because of it. And just everything changed for me because all of those times where I was starting and stopping P90X were because fitness wasn't a lifestyle yet. It was just a goal to yeah. catch in the future. Body Beast and weightlifting and having this accountability group, all of that made it a community and made it a, a lifestyle for me. Yeah. And since then, since March 2nd of 2015, other than short periods of time where I've had injuries that I've been unable to work out, I've worked out at least five to six times every single week, and I haven't skipped tracking my calories in over a thousand days. Like I have that record Holy on my shit. fitness pal. That's insane. Yeah, like I am, I'm all or nothing. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, once fitness became a lifestyle for me, I was all in, and so I just like haven't stopped that. 
but in terms of what's happened since then, um, basically after I finished Body Beast, I became a fitness coach through Beachbody. And so I started encouraging other people to reach out to me if they were wanting to reach their fitness goals. I started reaching out to other people who I knew were like interested in fitness, asking if they wanted help, just things like that. It started off really slow at first, but then once I got better at sharing my story and better at um, sharing different pieces of my life and not just like throwing fitness at people, that's when I started like really getting a lot more traction. And then about, I can't remember exactly when this was. I think it was uh, spring semester sophomore year. Yeah, I started doing Facebook Live. And Facebook Live allowed me to reach so many more people than I ever had before. Because through coaching individually, you know, I was reaching maybe 20 to 50 people a week at max. Whereas when I started doing Facebook Live, I was reaching between 300 and 1,100 every single week. Yeah. And that was really cool for me because my background, I didn't talk about since it's not directly fitness related. Uh, my background's in speech and debate. So like I know how to public speak. Okay, yeah. And so Facebook Live just seemed like a very natural thing to go toward given my interest in that. And so that aspect of the whole fitness journey for me was what made me finally start just like really researching as much as I could, mm-hmm. trying to genuinely understand why I was doing certain things within workouts, why I was eating the way I was, and what different either workout types or uh, diet types worked for different people, different yeah. goals. And that was because you know I was sharing new information every single week. And Facebook Live also allowed me to directly interact with people who uh, were commenting on the videos, who were watching them. And so I could see what people I could potentially be coaching wanted to know about. And so that gave me future ideas for what to do for videos. So all of that just really um, allowed my different passions to come together. But then after I'd been doing Facebook Live for like seven months or so, I had kind of reached a plateau. It was like I'd really built up my consistency of viewership from, you know, a couple hundred to like, 800, 800, 800 on average probably. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, well, now this is kind of like a new cap. I'm only reaching people who I've met directly who are friends with me on Facebook. I want to take it to another level. And so that's what made me start a YouTube channel. January 15th of this year, 2017. Oh, is, wow. So it's really recent. Yeah, really recent. Okay. I started my YouTube channel. Uh, was when I put out my my transformation video where like the story that I talked about earlier, starting at age 10 and then leading up to the present, that's my first video. Yeah. Talks about my 11 years of journey, but really my, my real fitness journey from age 15 to 21 yeah. is what I talk about and what I show in that video. Um, and since then I've realized like YouTube is awesome for me. Like it, it really allows me to incorporate my, my love of content creation, my love of fitness and public speaking all together in one thing. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I'm not just doing fitness on there. I'm not just doing like workout videos. I'm also doing like fitness entertainment where I bring like certain aspects of fitness into the public. Like I'll, I'll tell people like, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you beat me in a push up contest right now. And so then people uh, do push ups with yeah. me like randomly on the street. Yeah. I just like doing fun things like that because it makes fitness seem more light and not so intense. Yeah. Um, but I also like share, you know, genuine aspects of fitness and teaching people how to do workouts the best I can, things like that. Um, and it, it's just a lot of fun for me and long term now I would love to be able to take YouTube and build up enough of a following that I can use that basically that market to um, create a fitness program, help as many people as I can with that, and then potentially get sponsorships from either clothing lines or nutrition supplement lines, and then long, long term, start my own gym and just oh, yeah, for sure. keep going with that. Yeah, I don't know if you, yeah, that's awesome, dude. That's a really, 
that's that's so in depth, dude. It's crazy how like you started just just at age ten, you know, just noticing that because like I was yeah. fucking age ten, I know what the, I know what the fuck I was doing. Even age fifteen, I was like, I was fat as fuck until my you know junior year of high school. You know, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I, I didn't start lifting until I was even um, probably shit in my um, I don't know. Probably, probably my second semester of like my my senior year of high school is when I really started lifting uh, and getting in touch with that. But like, cause like you, you said, your first guy who's the first guy you ever saw? Like the 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 military dude? Oh, Master Ken Weicker. Master Ken. See, like the first dude I ever saw, like who worked out and who was like kind of like an icon to me was Steve Cook. You know, oh, so yeah. you know, I mean, he's the OG of right. like YouTube fitness. You know, people don't people don't understand that because he's not he's probably not the most followed guy anymore or anything like that. But he yeah. was the OG. You know. Bodybuilding spokesperson. Uh, that's how. He, that's how he really like blew up. You know, bodybuilding.com. Yeah. So like body. So every year, bodybuilding.com. Uh, you should look into this, dude. They're actually taking applications right now. Hmm. Every year, they look uh, for the spokesperson for bodybuilding.com. Oh dang! And it's a male and a female every year, and that's how he kind of got his his edge because he won that. Yeah. So it's from winning from winning that. You know, he has his programs on bodybuilding.com. He has all this other stuff, and they travel with bodybuilding. They go to, they go to all these expos. That's how he got his start. Dang, yeah. You should look realize. into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, he's a because he was a physique competitor, and then he ended up going pro and going to the Olympia and everything like that. Uh, I think he was at the first. I think he was at the Olympia the very first year they did physique in the board shorts because he was going for blood. He was like, mm. "Dude, I'm the guy. Like, I have the face. You know." He knew politics was in bodybuilding. He was yeah. like, "I start." He's like, "I started this YouTube thing." Blah blah. blah you know. He's like, "I'm gonna win this shit." You know. Ends up getting like eleventh, I think, and he's like, "Fuck." You know. It's like one of those yeah. things where like you just you end up losing. But anyway, he was the first person I really looked up to and. That was like I said, like my end of my senior year, going into stuff, and so I, like his programs was the one I followed and everything, and then, and then from him it went from like The Rock, and then mm. from The Rock it went like straight to Jay Cutler. So I went from like you know every guy like every guy I looked up to just got bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger until I got to Jay Cutler and I was like, dude, like these guys are animals, like they're yeah. monsters, you know. So actually, I, fun fact, my so uh, during the the course of the journey I was talking about, I had a fitness coach kind of still do. I just don't keep in contact with him as much yeah. anymore. Uh, named Chet Nichols. Chet, not Chad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, Chet Nichols won the Jay Cutler Classic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know exactly. Yeah, I know who Chet Nichols is. Okay, you know Yeah, who yeah, I know okay. who Chet Nichols is, but yeah, we were talking We were talking about earlier about coaches. I was talking about Chet Nichols yeah. and everything like that. But yeah, yeah. So that, yeah. So there's so many people who are in this, in this realm of, of fitness. So once I got into it, I was really just like, I was really just trying to get like, you know, like you, like just get bigger and get leaner. You know? Yeah. That's all, that's all you ever want to do. And then I took it to the extreme of, you know, you know, actually competing and then going into, going into an MP, NPC show and like doing, you know, I competed class physique cause there's no way I'm going to compete against these guys who are my height and 230 pounds on stage. Yeah. There's just no way. Um, there's the drugs and then there's, there's the, like the way they, you know, it's just, that's a whole different lifestyle. And right. then there's muscle maturity and then there's age. And I'm only, tw- you know, I was only 21 when I, yeah, I was 21 when I competed. I was 20 the entire prep. And then two weeks after my 21st birthday is when I actually competed. Mm. And then, um, so I did classic physique and that's really the only reason I competed because it was like a new division to where, you know, I'm not this skinny, you know, beach body looking type physique. I'm more of that thick, you know, bigger muscle, but so I couldn't compete in, in, in the board shorts because I just didn't have the small enough waist to taper yeah. ratio, but I had the taper ratio of a bodybuilder, but I wasn't as bulky as a bodybuilder. So they opened up classic physique that year and that's why I really decided to compete. Yeah. So if it wasn't for that division, I probably wouldn't even be involved with, with, you know, competing at all. Cause I like, I just, I wanted to be, if I was going to be a bodybuilder on stage, I want to be a bodybuilder. So I wanted to get to yeah. the point where I was like, you know, 
250 pounds and then leaning out to 220 to get on stage. Yeah. So that, that's kind of what I did. And then, you know, I started, like I said, I started this, you know, like taking it serious and competing with last year was my first year. Hmm. Uh, and then, you know, like we were just talking earlier and like, I just, my, my knowledge exponentially has just, you know, I did what you did. I just immersed myself into it Yeah. and I really went more, but I, and it's, it's, it's cool that you say that. Cause like, it's, it's funny to me cause I can't, you know, you are an all or nothing guy, but you like, you the cool thing about you is you're really you have that benefit because you make you make it fun. You said you make it enjoyable. You know, yeah, that, that's what you talked about. You said that's what you want to do is that you want to make it so others enjoy it. Exactly, and, and that's a really cool thing for me. It's like it's like it kind of it's kind of difficult for me because like I'm like like I'm like a bodybuilder like a mentality to yeah. where it's like like no you do this and you do that and if you don't like it then you can get the fuck out of this gym. You know, like I mean that's just the mentality I was raised with. Uh, you know, just being a bodybuilder in general. Um, so yeah, so then on, on social media, when did you really like, like you started in January, how many, how many, uh, followers do you have on, on both platforms right now? YouTube, yeah. YouTube, Facebook. So on, do you have a page on Facebook or do you just have your, I have a page, but I haven't made it public yet. I I definitely plan to see is Facebook still a thing. Cause I never get on it anymore. Oh yeah. Facebook. I mean, I use Facebook all the time. Like that's where I share all of my YouTube videos and I have like friends share them. So wow, they get they get okay. exposed to a lot more people okay. that way, especially people in Austin. That's crazy. Yeah, because I'm just so like Twitter's nothing to me now, and like Facebook's nothing to yeah, me now. Yeah, Twitter's and apparently, nothing. And apparently, like they're both still, well, apparently they're both still relevant. But like Facebook, I just learned is like still a popping thing. To yeah. where like two two or three years ago, I was like, dude, this is stupid. Like, yeah. In terms of like, it, I'll uh, well actually let me answer your question first, and then I'll talk about mm-hmm. what I want to talk about. So on YouTube right now, I have like, right around sixty eight hundred uh, subscribers. And then on Instagram right now, I think I have like 9,600. Damn, that's crazy. How'd yeah. you get so, how'd you get so quick? Like how many? So that wasn't, quick? okay. So the YouTube was as of January, but Instagram yeah. I've had since like, you know, sophomore year of high yeah, school. Yeah, okay. Um, I started posting like fitness pictures literally back in high school, like junior, uh, okay. junior so you year. got started early. Yeah, I got started early on, yeah. on Instagram. But okay. I mean, I will say I had a lot more growth once I got to college and like really went all in with it. Yeah. And then I had even more growth once I coupled that with YouTube. You know, mm-hmm. like I've had the majority of those 9,000 followers come from since January. But I want to say even like going into January, I had somewhere around 3,000 uh, followers just because, wow. you know, yeah. naturally building up a fitness. Um, but what uh, the way that I got so many subscribers on YouTube so quickly was one, before I even did my very first YouTube video, I'd been doing Facebook Live for eight months. Yeah. And like I was saying, like, on average, probably around 800 people were watching those videos. Okay. So, I mean, that doesn't you mean- kind of transferred them over, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, they didn't like all transfer over yeah. by any means. It's, and it's not going to, yeah. Right, because it's, it's impossible yeah. to get people to it's transfer It's like a food platforms. chain, like the sources of energy just get lower and lower the more you go up. Yeah. It's exactly how social, that's how I, that's how I compare social media. Because yeah. you know, you're gonna have so many followers here, but they're not gonna be the same followers that you have on another platform. Exactly. Totally, yeah. So that's how I got, you know, like literally the first maybe 150. And then, um, and the 150 happened fairly quickly, like within a couple of days. Because, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah that's because cool. they that's came cool. over from, from Facebook. Um, but then the way that I got my first like real surge, like I think I went from around 150 to 650 in one day, oh, shit. was that I did a video with Connor Murphy, who is uh, like, a, he's okay. like a fitness YouTuber yeah, who yeah, lives yeah, yeah. in the Austin area. And he, I met him on campus one time and I sent him my first YouTube video and he, he dug it. So he was like, we should get in a workout. So we did that workout at UT and that video on his channel got two and a half million views. Oh shit. Yeah. 
So, so that I mean, just skyrocketed you. In right. I mean, yeah. it didn't get two and a half million views in a couple of days, but it got like, you know, several hundred thousand. And so, yeah. you know, 500 of those people chose to come over to my channel yeah. in one day. So, so he plugged was, you and that's really, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's how to do it, dude. That's yeah. how to do it. You really just got to make, make connections in, in the world. And yeah. Then, you know, people, people like your stuff. So then they'll, they'll tell people, Hey, go check this out. Exactly. And people start following you. Dude, that's really cool. How many videos do you post? So I post one video a week. Okay. It's almost always on Sunday or Monday. There are a couple exceptions because school can sometimes Dude, get really busy. Yeah, totally understand. Yeah, yeah. but I, I try to do one video every single week, and it's really important when you're starting out like I am to do that. Consistency. If you don't have consistency, people will forget you exist. Exactly. Yeah, if you, you released 10 videos, but then you go two months without a video, they don't even – you're done. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because I did this – because I tried YouTube, dude. It's just – I, I, and it's not it's not like I'm lazy and I don't have the time for it because I, I, I do have the time for it and I do have the mentality to do it it's just for me I just feel like every time I have a camera and this is and I've talked about this before in, in an episode before and it's just like for me it's like weird having a camera in my face hmm. that's just weird to me like and, and it's like dude like I give it up for like Logan Paul and Jake Paul and like you know the Fuck Jake Paul. But anyway, I give it up for those guys who like do that. You know, the, and like even these fitness dudes who always yeah. have a camera in their face. And for me, it's just like, I feel like it's so hard to do that. And it's like, I don't know. It's cause like you want to be someone else when there's a camera in your face, yeah. even though you, you, you don't want to be right. like, you no, just I, become I someone else. And so it's just like, for me, it's like, I kind of felt that. And I kind of felt like, ah, is this really me? And then like, I just, it, it just felt really weird. I, I kind of, I want to get back into it. And, and I just, I just kind of really have to go, I really have to like find out like yeah. my mental capacity on where I want to be with that and the whole yeah. thing. Cause social media is taking over, right? You know, whoever you listen to nowadays, whoever, um, whether it be like entrepreneurs, fitness people, um, whoever you listen to, you know, social media is where it's at. Yeah. Um, the truth is though, like YouTube literally takes up more time in my week than my workouts do. Dude, oh it's, my God. They, they don't, people don't understand how like these 10 minute videos take hours upon yeah, hours. Exactly. To edit, cut, add music, effects yeah you know that to make sure it flows right and then you have to watch it you 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 yourself are watching the 10 minute video six times in a row that's an hour right there just watching yeah. it to see what you have to change and then you have to take time to making those changes you know yeah. it's just it's so hard yeah and it's like it's it's an it's a job and that's why these people get paid to do it though you know right. because i mean it's a job to sit there and do it yeah like if i ever make enough money from YouTube, the first thing I will do is hire someone to edit my videos. <laughs> and that's what they do, dude. Yeah. Once they, once they make those first, like, you know, 500,000 followers or yeah. subscribers and they're, they're making money, you know, that's what they do. They, yeah. get, they get people to exactly. do that for it. That's crazy. That's, that's really, that's, that's really fun. That's really cool that, that like, that's why I wanted to have you on. Cause I really wanted someone who was like, yeah. kind of like, not just in the loop, but you know, you're, you're kind of at the forefront of it because and, and honestly, I feel like what sucks, I feel like at our age, we're like just like a year and a half, two years too late on this game yeah. to where like the people who are just above us and got started on it, you know, when yeah, they they're were, in a good spot. Yeah, they're in a good spot with, with social media because it's just blowing up. And it's one of those things where like you don't know if it's going to keep going and going. And it's just like it just does. It just keeps growing and yeah. going and going. And these people just keep on getting more and more followers. Who do you watch on YouTube? Like, like, who do you? I mean, because I know him now, I watch every single one of Connor's, Connor's videos, videos because yeah. it's like. When I hear him talk about stuff, I know like that he's being genuine because like I've talked to him in person and know mm -hmm. like how much work he puts into his own physique and his own YouTube content, everything he does. Um, but I mean, I do also watch like Athlean X to learn like proper form. I don't know if you're familiar with Athlean X. Mm -hmm. It's um, Jeff Cavalier. The dude's like in his 30s, but like he's like the leanest dude you've ever seen. Yeah. He's not trying to compete. He's not trying to be huge. He's just like genuinely insanely lean. Yeah. Um, 
Like, there's like, there's this guy on YouTube who does videos analyzing whether people are on steroids, and it's like, it's very clear that he doesn't do steroids, but the fact that like this dude made a video about him is like much a testament to how yeah. lean the dude is. But um, he teaches like the science of the mechanics behind how things like move in your oh, body. Oh yeah, like the anatomy and physiology. Exactly. Like certain stuff. So I watch him for that kind of stuff. Um, I watch a lot of David Laid because he's like a young dude. Fitness YouTuber. He, uh, no, he just killed it. It's like like eighteen or nineteen is when he really 19. like just blew up. No, he's got... literally still nineteen. Oh, is he really? Isn't that ridiculous? It's insane. Yeah. But like, because I, I read up on him because he was just one of those phenomena where you're just like, God, he's so young. How do you survive? Yeah. But he he just he mentioned in an interview. He's like, I'm just I was super into videography and I was like kind of one of the first people to like really take videography to the next yeah to the next level. That's like absolutely what separates him. Like his vlogs are like quality content. Yeah. That's crazy, and he's a young dude, and people want to see that. They're like that's yeah. why these people get these followers, because people who are going into the fitness industry are our age. Yeah. So they want to follow people who are our age. You know, even Steve Cook's thirty-two now. You know, yeah. I mean, that's like that's an old guy to us. Right. You know? Not not really, but it really is. You yeah. know, and then you know you have these people because like who I've like I don't watch like I I like I'm very new to the YouTube thing, believe it mm. or not. Like this summer is the first time I even knew knew what vlog like what a vlogger was like, okay i swear to god like this summer is the first time i ever heard like heard that you can make a living doing that yeah so then that kind of just like sparked my interest in into the youtube thing and so i started learning about all these new people and all this other yeah. stuff on the fitness industry and how it could become a thing so like but like a guy who i really like love is jeff nippard because he he, okay. he does the same thing he kind of goes someone else just mentioned it to me oh dude you have you, you don't know him you have mm -hmm. to go watch his videos because he does uh he got really popular doing science explained videos so yeah. he kind of does what that guy does but instead of talking about form he talks about like you know orders uh like set orders uh repetition ranges and he but he goes into the data part of it and he works with something uh that i'm actually uh subscribed to it's called mass uh monthly application of sports science okay or strength and sport something like that um and what they do is these these guys who actually i've mentioned this in episode two actually of this of this podcast i mentioned mass uh but what they do is they take all the research that happened that month over nutrition and training and these people these four or five people they these uh doctorates in training and nutrition and these fitness icons go into it and they break down all these hundreds of things choose the best six and put it in a, in a, in an easy to read. It's still a scientific, scientific yeah, analysis that's thing. Cool. And then they send it out to the people, but it's, it's top six. So you know, you're getting like what the, their whole thing was is like, you know, there's all these research, but you don't know which one's right. And you don't know which one's quality. So what we did for you is we took the best six of every month and we're sending huh. it to you. So it's a really cool one. I've learned a lot. Um, you know, but you get to pick and choose because some stuff like the last uh, issues, like this month's issue, I think it talked about capsaicin in uh, red peppers and how capsaicin can really help with gains and stuff like that. Like it's stuff who, that goes like that in depth. Yeah. Um, but then it'll piss you off sometimes because like that capsaicin thing at the end, they're like, oh, but we don't really know if it's true. So don't believe this type thing. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? Like I just spent an hour yeah, yeah. reading reading an entire like journal article over, you know, capsaicin. And now it's like, yeah, fuck. So what do you do? So what's like your nutrition and training protocol? Yeah. So, um, a lot of what I do is still based on the foundation that I got from body beast because okay. that was the first weightlifting program I did and it really worked. I straight up did body beast like five times in a row. Body beast is a 90 day program. I just kept doing it for like 18 months total. And then after that, I finally was like, I should probably start like looking into other things and comparing them at the very least. So I have some idea of what, if whether I'm doing, what I'm doing is the best thing I can possibly be doing. Um, and ironically enough, a lot of what I learned like immediately after those 18 months was still from the same guy. So the guy who does body beast, his name is Sagi Kalev. He won Mr. Israel at the age of like 19, oh, which shit. is like okay. our Mr. USA. Uh, USA. Yeah. And so he's like a really smart Jack dude. 
Um, and so he gave me a great foundation. And then after Body Beast, he came out with more like individual workouts. So like another back and biceps workout, another chest workout, arms, stuff like that. Okay. So I learned a lot from his additional videos. But then um, really just delving into like the YouTube fitness community is like I just watched so many things that I just experimented with all of them. Yeah. Until I finally like put together what I think are like the best ones yeah and in terms of like the 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 rep ranges and like the styles all of those are literally based off of uh of body beast and the things i learned from that i just kind of subbed in different moves okay and just kind of like tested out the waters of, of what i thought was best but yeah for specifics um my training split right now is uh, chest and triceps, then back and biceps, then shoulders, then repeat. What you might notice is I didn't There's say no legs. legs. The reason is because I injured my leg. Oh, I injured shit. my left knee two years ago, and I haven't been able to work out my legs since. Are you serious? It's been two years. Yeah. Oh, dude, I like I I pride myself on my legs. I know, like I <laughs> I know I didn't talk about that in my story, but it's like definitely a whole other aspect Damn. of like my whole yeah. thing. That I, sucks. Yeah. So um, I'm I literally started rehab on my knee. Two days ago, basically, I I had um, my injury in 2015. It was initially misdiagnosed as just patellofemoral pain, mm-hmm. which is something that would go away with time. It's like basketball knee. Um, because of the misdiagnosis, I was only doing conservative rehab, and I did that for several months. Went back to the gym; the pain was still there. At that point, I was like on summer break, so I had to leave. I came back, got an MRI, found out it was actually torn 40 percent. So the problem with being torn there is that there's almost no blood flow to your knee tendons. Yeah. And this isn't like a normal like meniscus or ACL kind of surgery. It's the patella tendon. And that's just like. How'd you injure it? So there wasn't a particular moment. It really? was just like literally wear and tear over time. Yeah. Oh, they're so young. Too. I know. Which is just like insane. It's kind it, of weird. It, it's it kind of just make a sense. nature thing. Yeah. So then in December of 2016, I got my first operation of mesenchymal stem cells, which is... Ooh, dude. Yeah. Oh, I could go into <laughs> Like, dude, Joe Rogan talks about stem cells yeah. a lot. And it's, like, I've, I've read up on that. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. So we, they injected mesenchymal stem cells, which are stem cells from your own hip bone, yep. which is very experimental right now. It's not well studied enough, but they believe that it works and it does sometimes. It's supposed to do wonders. Right. Man. But after four months, literally nothing happened. So it was wow, a completely failed fuck. procedure. So then this past May, May of 2017, I got amniotic stem cells, which are much more researched. They're from a post-birth mother, and so they're much more powerful than your own hip bone stem cells. So I'm now five months into total rest after that. Like my upper body have been able to work out, but lower body mm-hmm. not at all. Like literally wow. can't, haven't even like jogged, nothing Jeez. that engages legs. Until two days ago is when How I do first- How you stay lean? Without I, doing like any like jo- like any cardio because it seems like you can't one I have a great metabolism because of uh, my so you're consistency. A hard gainer? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of nice, but also like because I so diligently track, I know exactly how many calories to eat to maintain what I have. Damn, dude! Imagine once you start able to run. I again, know, dude. Dude, you'll be able to pound some food. Literally, I I have like fifteen to twenty pounds missing in my legs. Yeah. Like I will gain so much so fast once I get those newbie gains on just exactly. the lower body. Exactly. That's awesome. Dude. So um, it's awesome, but it's also not awesome. Yeah, no, yeah. that's yeah. like you know it, it it does suck because like if I couldn't work out legs, dude, I don't. Oh, I'd go crazy because I did this thing where I squatted every day for 365 days. I got under a heavy bar and I fucking, oh my I lifted. Gosh. And that's where I get like, I think I honestly, cause like my, my abs when I lean down are fucking bricks and my, my waist is super thick. My, my legs, like my, 
you know, I had feathering on my quads like two weeks out of the Damn. show. You know, like my legs, and I give it up to that. Like, yeah, because I uh, I followed a guy. Oh, another another fitness guy I followed was Corey Gregory. He uh, owned Muscle Farm, and now he owns Max Effort Nutrition. Okay, um, but he 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 do, he does that. He squats every day. Like Damn. every day, he gets under a bar and fucking squats, and it's That's insane. Crazy. So like, I was like, well, let me see if I could do that. So I like that was kind of like a goal I had yeah. was I was like, I want to do this for a year. Yeah. And so I did it for an entire year where I got under That's a brutal. heavy ass bar. Yeah. But I, I mean, my, my leg development, like I give it up to that and I, yeah. I give up my, my core strength and my, my core development to that too. Cause I didn't even do it. People, you know, they look at my pictures from when I'm a show and you know, they're like, dude, I want those abs. And I tell them, I was like, I didn't do a single crunch my entire fucking prep. Yeah. And they're like, what the fuck? And I, I honestly think it's like, it, it has to be either genetics. Cause I was never lean enough to like really, really see like if my abs popped or not. So I never knew before the show, but I like, I kind of like have a suspicion that it was because of those squats every single day. Yeah. So if I did, so if I, like now it's just more of like a, like it's like, um, Cause it was kind of like at the beginning, like at the beginning of like me taking fitness serious. So like if I couldn't work out legs, dude, it'd be like a mental fuck for me. Cause I try yeah. to, I try to go hard on legs at like every leg day is like the most brutal day as it should be, you know, uh, right. and everything like that. So you split, so you replete that split every three days. Yeah. Or so do you, I okay. do chest and triceps back and bicep shoulders and then chest and triceps back and bicep shoulders okay. again. So okay. six days a week is my norm. Damn. Um, and you also might've noticed I didn't say abs at all. Like I, yeah. I do abs maybe once a week and it's like usually only if I'm with someone else cause I don't want to do it alone. It's I'm like once like, a month gang, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I, I mean, if we're being <laughs> real, yeah, it's probably closer to like once every other week, but I ideally like to do it once, yeah. once a week. Honestly, the only time I ever like start incorporating abs is if like, you know, my rack pulls or my squats, like if I'm getting shaky in my, in my core. Yeah. Uh, cause then I notice like my legs are getting stronger than what my abs can handle. So I kind of, I, I take a ratio of like my ab to leg strength to see what I can handle and everything yeah. like that. So like, so I'll, th- I'll start throwing abs in if, if stuff like that happens and every, and, and whatnot. But for yeah. the most part, I just like, I always tell people like, dude, you can get like the, the saying you can get abs in the kitchen is the oh, most absolutely. honest thing yeah. in the world. Like, and that's I, how I stay lean. Like the kitchen yeah. is yeah, completely. So what's your nutrition protocol? Um, Oh wait, one more thing I want to talk about the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the weightlifting yeah, stuff. Sure. So I told you my split in terms of sets. I'd say like eighty percent of my sets I'm doing hypertrophy. So I'm doing like eight to fifteen reps. I'm usually gonna do fifteen, then twelve, then eight, then eight, where the second eight is a drop set, or I'll add like a fourth set. So it'll be fifteen, twelve, eight, six, six. Okay. Do you do supersets on that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I do supersets like I'd say on like about half of them. Okay. Um, like say I'm doing rack pulls, I'll do twelve, eight, six, six. Or twelve eight six four four. I see what you're doing. Okay. Yeah. Now, yeah, I used to do that too. Now it's like, uh, what I do because when I do supersets, I do. We talked about this earlier. I do what's called pre exhaust. Yeah. So like, whenever I started competing, my coach always told me my upper chest was lacking. So what I did is I stud is I kind of like did some. I just studied a little bit, and then I came across Matt Jansen, who I also talked about earlier. Uh, in and there's something called a pre exhaust method. So what you do is you superset like um like a floor press so what i'll do usually typically is i'll like superset like a either db or a barbell floor press uh five to five five sets so my rep my set and rep scheme is usually uh if i go in on arms i do i do 16 to 20 sets of buys 16 to 20 sets of tries uh chest i actually keep below 16 because you can really overwork your chest because it's a smaller muscle group than people think and you go super heavy on Mm -hmm. it um 
and and I'm kind of working on like uh, kind of like a number a set number scheme kind of like for my clients that I can work with but that's a whole nother that's a whole nother thing but anyway you can do what's called a pre-exhaust and what I do is I do like a DB floor press and I go into an incline D, uh, DB fly so what happens is whenever you go to floor press I like going to failure but I keep the failure in between 10 to 15 reps so I usually hit 10 yeah. to 12 and I'm like I'm, I'm, I'm wiped what happens is like my lower chest is so fucking exhausted when I go into the incline DB flies What's happening is your upper chest is going to take over because your lower chest is so exhausted. That's why it's called tree exhausted. Yeah. So I'll do that with that. And I'll also do that with like backs uh, on back days. Uh, Like every other back day or every third back day, I'll start off the workout with heavy rack pulls. I'll go up to like 405, 495 on rack pulls, pull till 8 to 10 reps. And then that workout, my lower back is wiped. So my lats take over like crazy. Interesting. So I do do like a lot of that stuff too. And then like – Arm days, I try to hit my, I try to hit my my uh, my long head compared to my uh, medial head, I'm, my lateral head on my tries, because that big old meaty part, the the long head's really lacking on me, because it's like a short, because I have short insertions all over my body, yeah. So which is beneficial when you're on stage because you have those full muscle bellies that are like short insertions, so like my peaks are really good on my biceps yeah. and my legs like that, but that tricep just fucks me. So like I always, so I've been like destroying my triceps lately with that. So that's really cool. And then, yeah. uh, so about like 80% of uh, my sets are like all that hypertrophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other 20% are like strength. So I'll do like five by fives. Okay. Dude, or, I haven't done five by fives in so long. Really? Yeah. I do, do you the, just do like lower reps than that or higher? No, I, I, I haven't done any, I haven't done anything below eight to 10 reps in over a year and a half. Dang. That's uh, crazy. I've done straight hypertrophy for the past year and a half. Gotcha. Just because that's how I train. Um, I want to get into strength more, but it's just like, it's, uh, doing five by fives just suck. Yeah, like, especially like on deadlifts or fucking squats. Like, like I don't even know. Like people, like people ask me what my squat, what my squat or bench max is, and I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Last time I maxed on bench, it was three fifteen. Last time I maxed on squat, it was four hundred five. And I think my bench has probably gone down since then. And my squat's probably gone up since then. Yeah. Because uh, I was really focused on getting a three fifteen bench because I just wanted to look badass yeah. having three plates on the side. Yeah. Be, able, be able to bench that shit. So that's cool. So now let's go into the nutrition yeah. talk. Cause, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like I, um, you talked about tracking. Right. So are you more like, do you have a, are you like if it fits your macros? Yeah, I'm very much so if it fits really? your macros. Okay. Yeah. So like I, for one thing, I mean, because I'm like very um, situationally driven. It's like I will never, I will almost never eat straight up dessert. Like yesterday was my birthday, so I had dessert. Oh shit, happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> but I don't have dessert more than maybe like six times a year. Like Holy I'm, shit. Yeah. But everything else is pretty much if it fits your macro. So like for breakfast, I'll have like three, two to three servings of cereal, two to three servings of oatmeal, and I'll mix it with like a little bit of sugar, protein powder, raisins, and blueberries. And it's like, that's freaking delicious to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude. Yeah, you we'll know? Go on, we'll go into this later. Right. Go, so yeah, it's continue. like my breakfast is like heaven to me. It's like, yeah. I, I love it. And then I'll have like Quest protein bars that I microwave for like 12 seconds so it tastes like a brownie. Oh, and I'll have okay. Halo Top ice cream like every other day. It's like things that are like marginally unhealthy but have good macros. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's what I have a lot of. But then I also have a lot of like... Uh, like tuna and deli meat and protein shakes and superfood protein shakes and things with like genuinely good macros. Um, but in terms of like, do you get your veggies in? I do get my veggies okay. in. Like, do you have a fiber well, cap? Because some people who do if it's your macros, they have a fiber number too. I don't have it. a. I don't have a fiber. Like I literally uh, because I mean I'm not competing. I'm not trying to like get yeah. like the. Lean and you're, shit I mean, you're life. already lean. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. So I, I don't really think more than past carbs, fats, and proteins. Okay. Um. What's your What's your ratio at right now? So my ratio, like, 
I used to care a lot about percentages until I realized that at some point the percentages don't work as well because grams yeah. are what matters more than anything. Yeah, like people number- don't understand. Like, like whenever I give a client or tell my friends, like people will ask me, like, what should I be doing? And, you know, I don't like uh, if you if you if you know me, if you listen to my other episodes, you know, I don't like if it's your macros personally. Um, but that's because I deal with competitors. And yeah, it just won't work with that. If you're trying to compete and get on right, stage, right. it just doesn't work with that. Um, and I, I kind of hound it, and I don't like if it's macros, and I, I kind of feel bad because I don't mean it, as in I don't like it, and no, it sucks. Yeah, yeah. I mean it, as in like I'm such a hardcore, like no, if you're gonna get on stage, you can't fucking eat that, like like, right. like listen, yeah, but, yeah, but well, no, but yeah, you're, you're exactly right. If, yeah. if you're a general health person, and if you do, if it, if it's your macros, is a great way to to, to, yeah. to do certain things to an extent, you know. And I say that because it's like people people are gonna call me out and think I'm contradicting myself because certain certain episodes, depending on who I'm talking to, like I'll bash it really heavily, but it's because that person bashes it well like a lot too but we don't ever say the good things about it yeah this is an episode where you actually really yeah. really like it and so i'm gonna tell there is benefits to it right but on the other episodes when i'm bashing it it's because i don't like I, it's because i'm talking to someone else who doesn't bash it and we just talk about all the negatives yeah. so just to clear that yeah up, one thing like. okay so yeah the way that i should say this is like uh but so, you said you don't eat dessert that's another right so yeah, that's yeah. another so aspect of it one phrasing that you said that's very much so true is like the to an extent part when i say if it fits your macros some people take that so far and they're literally yeah. eating like cheeseburgers, hamburgers, like the most, uh, like they're eating dessert, you know, every day of the week yeah. or just something like that. And that's not what if it fits your macros is to me. If it fits your macros is having things that I genuinely enjoy every single day that I really can fit in my macros that yeah. aren't going to just like wreck my, uh, or like, like you nutrition. finish your macros at breakfast because some people can do that, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Exactly. So, um, like I almost never will eat beef or pork because beef and pork aren't as lean as chicken, turkey, and fish. So like, that's another aspect of it. Like it's, if it fits your macros, but it's like, I'm completely restricting myself of those things. You know, like maybe a couple times a year, I'll have a steak when I go home and like, that's great. I love that. But like, I'm not going to have it all the time. Um, for lunch, I, I have like lunch and dinner are pretty much like the same things, types of general things for me. So like, I'll have like, uh, a turkey sandwich with cheese, and wheat bread and it's like that's nothing special it's just like it has good macros uh or i'll take a tortilla i'll put tuna and cheese on it and i'll put it on a a panini hot press and then i'll add barbecue sauce um or i'll go to chipotle or cabo bobs and i'll get a bowl you know yeah like those are the types of things that i have on a very frequent basis and then for like things like snacks i have fruits and like i have like bananas blueberries blackberries raspberries um mangoes grapefruits like just lots of different kinds of fruits that i'll have or I'll have like um, all natural dried like bananas and pineapples, things like yeah. that that like I can like order. Um, and then I also use like a, a food delivery service sometimes called Freshly, and they deliver meals to oh, you. Oh, I've heard of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. like they're real good. Have um, you heard Snap? Have you done Snap Kitchen here in Austin? I haven't done Snap Kitchen. Dude, snap should I check it out? Yeah, you should check okay. it out. Like, um, yeah, that's a really cool thing. I think it start, I think it started in Houston, but it's in Austin now, and they okay. they have like and they have the macros on the on the label. So nice. it's a, it's a something that'll really help, and like the yeah. quality of the food's really really good. Okay. Uh, I don't know the pricing of it, but they have they have like a bunch of great shit. And like if you did, yeah. if you like freshly, you'd love these people because okay. it's already prepared and everything for you. Yeah, Heck yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, those are like the general things that I eat over the course of a day. Um, but in terms of like the number of grams, so like, I, for the longest time I've been maintaining my weight because okay. like basically because I can't build my legs up at all. It's like, if I bulk, 
I am more likely to gain more fat because mm-hmm. I can't be putting muscle on my legs because I'm not working them. Yeah. But I've kind of just like moved past that and accepted it. And like literally within the last like week, I've I've started bulking. Um, but I don't have like basically when people look at me, like if you're wat- if you're listening to this and you look at my Instagram, you would probably think I weigh like 180, 190 pounds, but I'm only 170. Like oh, I sure. weigh a lot less than people think I do because I don't have any weight in my yeah, legs. Yeah, yeah. What that also means is that my even my bulking calories are a lot lower than they would be otherwise. So like I'm putting on half a pound a week right now at 3150 calories. Okay. Um, which is like very normal, but not for someone who works out as much as I do. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, at my height, also I'm only, I'm six foot and yeah. I only weigh you know 170 pounds. But uh, with all that said, so what my macros work out to is I'm eating about 1 to 1.25 grams of protein per pound of body weight. Since I'm bulking, I'm having a little bit higher, like on the 1.25 end, so somewhere around like 230, yeah, around like 230 uh, grams. Um, I guess that is a little bit more than 2.25, but yeah, yeah. yeah, right around 230. And then I'll have like 70 grams of fat, and then the rest is carbs. So, carbs are you eating? Like 500? Yeah, like, well, like just over 400. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can't do math in my head, obviously. Yeah, no, it's fine. I was 100 off. <laughs> Whatever. Same thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good. Those fats, yeah, those fats are really are really good. I Like, the, the thing that people need to understand is, like, I've talked about this plenty of times before, too, is, like, the, the fat-to-carb ratio. People don't understand. Like, you, you can – because, like, have you done ketogenic ever? I haven't, but I, like, know about it. Yeah, because, yeah. like, like, they would be the total opposite. You'd be t- taking, like, 220, right. 250 grams of fat and, like, 20 grams of carbs. Yeah. Like, and just some people like it, some people don't. But you're, like, the, the you're the body type, though, that I would I would give carbs because you just look like that person who you can eat yeah. carbs. You can, like, you can – Eat carbs. Oh, I love carbs. Yeah, yeah. Dude. <laughs> I look at I look at twenty grams of carbs, and you know my body like gains weight. <laughs> like, you look at what? I look at twenty grams of carbs, oh. and my body. Wait, are you like, keto? No. I'm oh, not. you're you grass fed. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, gra- I'm grass fed. Yeah. Uh, so so I've been vegan for four months. Uh, okay. But yeah, so my carbs are actually a lot higher than than they ever have been in my entire life because okay. like plant-based sources are all yeah, carbs yeah. for the most part, you know? So like, like you talk about your breakfast being like your favorite thing. My breakfast is my favorite thing too because I'll have fucking toast with black beans and avocado and like, that's nice. like, like e- even like on a meal where like, I'm just trying to like shovel calories in like, those, like those nights where you just want to fucking eat. Like my, like I literally eat like hummus and pretzel chips and like, you know, toast and black beans. Like yeah. that's like, that's like going overboard to me. Yeah, like yeah. it's crazy. But like, that's how I've been recently is I've been a lot more cleaner. Just with What my diet. gets you most of your protein, like lentils and beans? Uh, I don't do lentils just cause it's like, it's a pain in the ass. Okay. It's a, but I'll do black, I'll do like black beans a lot. Um, Oats have a lot of pro- oats have more protein than people think. Uh, I do tofu, the non-GMO tofu. Uh, there's this protein called, uh, which is funny. This is my protein before I even like went vegan. was was a vegan based protein. Okay. And it was uh, it was like raw protein by Garden of Life, and it's like no soy, um, all organic stuff, and it's so that's I do like one to two of those shakes a day, depending because I don't like shakes in my opinion. I just like eating real. I like getting my calories right. from food because I think shake. Like even I just I just don't like shakes. Yeah, no, too much. I do two shakes a day too. Yeah, I just I just don't like because like these people who like have like four shakes a day. I'm just like no, you're not like it's not the same type stuff. So so yeah, that's kind of the bulk of my calories, but uh, my proteins. But my proteins only at like one twenty a day, one fifty a day. Um, so it's it's nothing too high. You know, my carbs can go upwards of four hundred fifty yeah. to five hundred fifty. And I try to keep my fats really low, like forty five. 
Okay. So like like I try to only have forty five grams of fat a day, which is kind of low. Yeah. But whenever you have, whenever me that body, my body type is having that much carbs, I can't combine the fat gotcha. in there too much. So I usually like my fat, all the fats I have a day is half an avocado, which people under understand it's not a lot of fats uh, yeah. in that because it's 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 a big thing. Um, a tablespoon of peanut butter and a tablespoon of coconut oil, and that's really all the fats I have. Everything else I get Dang. is from because there's fats in oats that people don't know too. Yeah. Uh, oats have a lot of fat. Oh yeah, one thing that just made me think of. Um, in terms of IIFYM, if it fits your macros, I don't like ever do cheat days. Like this year is the first time in my entire fitness journey that I've had cheat days. Really? I've had two this month. One because yesterday was my birthday. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I had like, and even when I say cheat day, I still tracked absolutely everything. Yeah. Like I ate. And I like, actually saw your macros on that, and it wasn't even that bad. I know, it was like, like one twenty fats and five fifty carbs. I'm like, yeah, that's a that's a client's off season for me. Right, I'm like, like that. Fuck. That was like a like that was my cheat day. It was yeah. like forty four hundred calories or something, and Nothing. I should be eating thirty one hundred. So it wasn't even yeah. terrible. And then the other one was because I was at the state fair, and I had just gotten off of like a month of cutting leading up to filming a video and taking progress pictures. Oh, dope, dope. Yeah, dope. and so like that was my reward. But other than those two instances, which just happened to be within the last two weeks. Um, I haven't had a single cheat day in the last like three or four years. Damn. So if it fits your macros is still a strict way of eating for me yeah. just with more flexibility. Yeah. That's really cool. Cause like, that's, that's good that you mentioned that. Cause you really brought out, like you really brought out the flaws that I see in it and you yeah. actually, you actually counter those flaws in, in a, in a really good and in efficient way yeah. in a healthy way too. Uh, cause I mean, like you probably eat, you probably eat still the four to six meals a day that like yeah. you know, an average person, an average exactly. like bodybuilder. Quote, type, unquote, person, you know, yeah. type, type eats uh, because some of those people can fit in all those calories in, in, in like you know eight hours well I actually do intermittent fasting too okay because like I, I found out like after going vegan like um, like it's really really beneficial to just eat around your workout uh, when I say that uh, to people listening is like I, I usually I eat my pre-workout meal like 30 to an hour 30 minutes to an hour before my workout I eat my post-workout meal like immediately after my workout uh, and that's where I get like most of my calories just because yeah. I, I, I found it to be more helpful than me. Like, um, if I'm trying to, if I'm trying to get tighter, I get tighter really quick if I just eat all my calories around the workout. Gotcha. Um, so I only have my carbs pre and post workout and then the rest of the day is literally like, uh, proteins and fats and like, uh, all my fiber sources and stuff like that. Like I'm getting like a hundred gram, <laughs> I'm getting like a hundred grams of fiber a day. I it's bet. Insane. Um, but yeah, so I like intermittent fasting. So I do the 12, I do the 12 to eight hour window gotcha. and I, uh, and I like that a lot. Sometimes I'll even fit it in six hours. Cause like I'm either working till one or two and then I just, I'm just like, well, it's two hours. I'm I already went 18 hours without eating. So yeah. I might as well just go another, another, you know, one or two hours. So, that, so that's kind of, that's kind of how I do stuff. So you mentioned a topic that you kind of want to bring up earlier on like the whole steroid issue in, in the fitness industry. What, what's, what's kind of like your, your take on that? Yeah, so, I mean, for the longest time, I heard the word steroids, and I just thought, like, pure negative thoughts. Like, I, you know, this was me coming from, like, a um, when I was younger yeah. and when I was, like, first hearing about fitness and bodybuilders. Um, I thought steroids just meant bad. Like, I, I didn't really know much about it. And then once I got into, like, the YouTube sphere and that space and, like, learning about, you know, some YouTubers do use it, some YouTubers don't um, – where my opinions really started to come in was when I found out that like there are definitely some YouTubers who claim to be natural bodybuilders who just couldn't be. Matt Ogus. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, and like, what's his name? Um, like, like Jeff Side. You know, yeah. it's like 
they that's literally like a huge part of their brand and how they market themselves. Like I don't know Jeff's side. He seems like a cool guy who's just like a little bit cocky. Yeah. And it's just like I I don't think he's natural. Most people don't think he's natural, but like literally I think his like Instagram bio was like natural bodybuilder or something like that. Yeah. And so it's like that's my biggest issue because it's like these YouTube guys and I want, you know, I'm envisioning myself hopefully becoming, you know, in this sphere. I already am in this sphere and I'm just trying to build my following. We have a responsibility if we have a following because yeah. like you are literally influencing potentially the way that these kids watching or that these people that are our age watching choose to live their lives. Like someone might see a video of mine and that's what makes them decide that they want to start bodybuilding or that they want to start being fit. Yeah. Um, and it's like if I'm, you know, teaching certain things and like I should be saying if someone else who's on steroids is teaching things to someone and claiming to be natural, that person is now going to have very unrealistic expectations of that's where they're going to end up in three years. Yeah, 100%. and it's like and like that is the biggest issue with steroids to me, not steroids themselves, but lying about them. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually writing a. I actually just wrote a paper uh, the other night um, for my my sports and ethics class um, about about steroids, and it's it's uh, the paper was basically choose any. Any incident after 1995 that you think is unethical or ethical and make an argument for or against that. And uh, I wanted to do uh, – my next paper is going to be the reason Arnold won the 1980 Olympia. is going to be the title of it, and that has to do with like politics and bodybuilding, and mm-hmm. he's really what started that uh, by winning the 1980 Olympia. When he found – when the prize money went up a lot uh, yeah. is when he went uh, – it was the year 1980, and once he found that out is when he went to go compete again, yeah. and he looked like shit on stage, and he ended up winning. Uh, so that's like what my next paper is going to be about. But on the steroid issue, I just chose um, – the title of the paper is called Ricky Gerard Killed CrossFit. And Rich Piana skyrockets bodybuilding. Um, Ricky Gerard just got caught. Third fittest man in the world. He just got his medal taken away. Uh, really? Because he got caught with PEDs in the system. He tested positive PEDs. Dang. Basically said what he was taking online after he got caught. Said, I thought these were like these were borderline PEDs. I didn't know that they were going to be testing for them. What I, were they? Uh, it, was, it was SARMs. It was the selective androgen reception modulators or uh, what people uh, peptides type stuff. Okay. Uh, so it wasn't even like it wasn't even anabolics. Which, in my opinion, every time anytime anyone's ever wanted to take SARMs or peptides, I'm like, just take the real shit if you're gonna take something. Like yeah. like like why why feed around the bush and play around the thing to when I think taking the real shit's gonna be actually safer because these peptides and SARMs are so new. The long term research isn't there. Yeah. To where you know people have been taking testosterone since 19, you know since since it came out in the 1940s. I don't even. That's probably a lie. It probably came out before or even after that. Yeah. But I mean, people have been taking tests for years and like the long-term effects have only come if you fucking overdosed, which is a huge issue in my opinion of what steroids do. Yeah. The reason they have a bad rap is because of overdose. Right. Um, people, people, it, like, just with any drug, the problem with any drug is the, is, is the abuse of it, you know? I mean, you, such as Adderall, you know, Adderall is a legal drug if it's prescription, if it's prescribed to you, which steroids are too, but like it's a legal drug if it's prescribed to you, but these kids are abusing it all the time. Yeah. And it's fucking themselves up. Same thing with steroids, you know. I mean, it's not Adderall's not looked at negatively in the student community. If anything, it's looked at positively because you know it helps you get that paper done, you know, on time. Uh, steroids are the same thing, in my opinion, and I actually argue that Adderall is no better than steroids and no worse than steroids. Uh, but the paper kind of goes into how you know if you actually legalize this shit, it would actually be safer in the community, you know, because there'd be professionals who there are professionals now, but there's no one who speaks out about it. But but the professionality of actually knowing these compounds that people are putting into the body the right dosages, the have lives that go into them, and then the precautions. People don't know when you're taking tests 
or Anavar or stuff like that, you have to take AIs, you know, anti anti um, anti aromatase inhibitors, because you have to make sure you're not converting that test into estrogen and stuff like that. Liver, they don't know how to PCT post cycle therapy the correct way. There's like all these factors yeah. that go into it that you have to know to be able to take it the right way. So with it being illegal or it being taboo and it not being kind of allowed in the market. These athletes who want to take it, they just take it and they take it the wrong way. And that's why it's getting such a bad rap. It opens up jobs 100% because now there's these coaches who can work for, you know, professional affiliations and do, you know, do it. You know, they can actually like study it and give the, give the right prescription and the right dosages to athletes. Um, What was another another big thing I argued? Uh, It actually levels the playing field. There's another big one. It's actually going to level the playing field. You know, people are always trying to get, are always concerned with like, you know, steroids are illegal and causing cheating. Well, if you took that factor out, how could you cheat in a sport if you took out anabolic steroids? You know, yeah. besides, you know, like uh, shaving points and stuff like that. You know, so that's kind of what the whole paper was. And that's why the title kind of goes that way because yeah. CrossFit's one of those like super like, no, steroids are not taken in this sport. You know, and then now this is the first, the, and the, the cool thing, the not the cool thing, but the really interesting factor about this is, you know, I don't know if you follow CrossFit or not. I follow it because my friends are into it and I'm actually very accumulated with the sport and I love the sport. Mm. I think they're phenomenal athletes. So that's what, that's what I follow. But this is the first time in CrossFit's history, which is very, very new. It's only the 10th, I think it's only the 11th year of the CrossFit games, which the first games were a joke. Uh, It's only 11th year. Um, And now it's such a big thing. It's so exponential, but this is the first time that they've had a podium finisher, you know, test positive and, all the other times, it wasn't a podium finisher, so they didn't really give a fuck, and they right. didn't mention it out. And CrossFitters were the one people who I thought, dude, these people are natural. Like they, like the whole community is against it. Like this is the yeah. first time I've ever had a community, like I've ever seen a community be so against it. So until literally this month, I was like, everyone's on this shit. Like because once one person pops in my head, everyone's on this shit. Because it, 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 it is. That's exactly how it is. And yeah. he was right. He posted about it. He's like, I just got caught. And he he kind yeah, of alluded. That's the way Lance Armstrong was yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you you just get you just get caught into it, and then but you look at bodybuilding, and I mentioned and I mentioned Rich Piana's name because he's obviously the first guy in 2014 to come out as like the first person to really really go out there and be like, this is what people are on, everyone's on it, and I'm going to tell you the truth. Uh, so that skyrocketed his brand and kind of yeah. his. And but you know, obviously, I have a problem with him because he overdo. I had a problem with him. You know, rest in peace, Rich right. Piana. But uh. But I had a problem with it because he was overdosing everything. Because he would he would send out his cycles like on YouTube for like thirty like thirty minutes so people could get it, and then he would take it down due to legal issues. But yeah. the shit he he was taking like a gram of test a week. Like like even the the pros are taking that. You know these people who are three hundred pound bodybuilders take that. So that was the problem I had with it. I wish someone like Rich Piana came out and said, "Here's a correct dose. Take it this way, and then you'll be you know you, yeah. you can take it the right way." So that's kind of my issue. My issues with steroids. I think they should be legal. Um, I think they should be allowed in sports. In my opinion, we are far from it and probably never ever gonna get there. Um, but I think I think I made a I think I make a value argument. But I, I agree with you. I think there's a problem with people who don't say that they're on stuff and they are because that causes safety issues and that causes well, false hope yeah. and that causes a bunch of people to not realize like you have to be on this stuff to get that way sometimes. Yeah. I mean one thing I will I mean I definitely agree with that. The one thing that I'll add is I have a much bigger problem with people who specifically claim to be natural who aren't than people who don't say anything at all. Because, like, the people who just, like, don't say that they're natural or on steroids, they're at least not making it part of their brand that they are natural. Yeah, You know, true. like, people who aren't, like, throwing it out there, then it's kind of like, 
it's up to you as like a hopefully educated viewer to be like, oh, obviously this guy's on steroids. It's just not like he's like, you know, open about, which is like kind of okay. You perfectly said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. It takes an educated viewer and it takes an educated person in, in the industry to really, to really understand that and yeah. really, really go about that. All right, man. Do you have anything else to add? Anything to, to cap off, to tell people, to share? Yeah, I mean, I guess the last thing I'll say is, like, if you listen to any of this and you uh, liked my story at all, feel free to check out my Instagram yeah, page, at Patrick Lyons. It's Patrick and then L-Y-O-N-S. Uh, my YouTube channel name is the exact same thing. It's just my name, Patrick Lyons. Whether you are trying to get into fitness, trying to learn some workouts, I got full workout videos on there for you, condensed and with commentary, so you can spend five minutes learning how to do a full workout. Or if you're looking for some more entertainment style stuff, I got pranks, I got social experiments, I got goofy fitness challenges, all sorts of things. So if you want to check it out, feel free, Patrick Lyons. Hell yeah, man. Dude, this is so dope. I'm so glad that you decided to, to come on. And Definitely, man. Here. I appreciate you inviting me. It for was a sure. good time. Yeah, yeah. I'm all, I'm all about having anyone and everyone on here to, to, to spread the word and yeah. kind of share. I, my, my whole thing about this is everyone has a story. You know, um, and, and, and yours is a really cool and interesting one. And it's cool how you're kind of that guy who like started or started and like, you know, you really you, you've taken that you you've done the work to get there. Yeah. Uh, to get the following, you know, I mean, people don't understand how hard that is, you know, uh, absolutely to, to, to do that. And they don't understand uh, what goes into to what social media is nowadays and kind of the work it takes to be to be on social media and go that route. So, dude, I hope the best for you. I know you're going to do big things. Uh, so it was great having you, man. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, Thanks All right, again. guys. Thanks for listening.